What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you have had a great week. I hope life is good. Hey, listen, thank you for your flexibility. Like, there's a lot that's been going on, and I hope you guys have been able to pay attention to it. If not, I can tell you some of it. I can't tell you all of it, but what I can tell you, of course, you know the work I'm doing in the world of commentary, also doing a lot of work in a lot of podcast spaces right now. WWT Live, a lot's going on there. Also with our good friends at Wrestle Extra, we've got the SHW podcast happening, and of course here, and then we've got this regular content that we've been releasing on our socials. So I really hope that you've been able to access all of it and you're still getting your feel but I know a lot of you like this space right here. And so to all of our faction faithful, thank you so very much. I do not take it for granted that you rock with us in the ways that you do, whether that is on the socials at the faction show, or if you're subscribed to this podcast, thank you so much. Listen, we can't do what we do without you. So If you're brand new, welcome aboard. We appreciate you. We hope that you've joined us from many of the different places you may have seen us, and we definitely hope that you are enjoying the content. Subscribe, follow us on the socials for all of the cool things that we are doing. Now let's get to the action because there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, backlash has been the talk of the internet wrestling community, and rightfully so. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, the latest with AE. W and NXT. All of that is on the show today. So naturally, let's start with a conversation about backlash and not just backlash, but really WWE's foray into Puerto Rico for the entire weekend. It started with SmackDown. And if you watched SmackDown, you could already tell that the crowd was lit. Well, technically, it started even before then. It started at the press conference on Friday, which was just nuts. Again, the people came out. Lots of amazing things happened. SmackDown, the vibe was crazy. And it was a really strong indicator to what we would get for Backlash. So I'm trusting that you've watched Backlash or at least heard enough about it to where what I'm going to share won't be a spoiler. But if it is and you haven't watched it and you don't want spoilers, then go ahead and press pause in this podcast. If not, keep listening because we're going to get into it. So here are the results of Backlash. It started off with Bianca Belair defeating EO Sky to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Seth Freakin' Rollins defeated Omos. Austin Theory successfully retained the U.S. title, defeating Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Rhea Ripley retained the SmackDown Women's Championship by defeating Zelina Vega. Bad Bunny defeated Damian Priest in a San Juan street fight. The Bloodline defeated Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Matt Riddle. And Cody Rhodes defeated Brock Lesnar. So before we get into the specific matches, I want to say this, that this pay-per-view or premium live event could borderline on almost perfect. And I can tell you some spots where it wasn't perfect, but here's why I say almost perfect, because this was the merger of matches and moments. Let me say it again. This perfectly demonstrated the merger of matches and moments. Here's the thing about pro wrestling. We don't always remember who won and who lost. We do remember great moments and great matches. And we got our mixture of all of those 
on this pay-per-view. If we start straight from the beginning, we look at Bianca Belair versus EO Sky. A moment and a match all combined. For instance, you've got the moments of EO Sky being cheered like it was her homecoming. It was incredible to see how the crowd in San Juan treated her, and that really led to an absolutely incredible match, which kind of became the coming out party for EO Sky. Now, if you followed EO Sky, you know, of course, she is also known as EO Shirai. And EO Shirai in NXT and all around the world was incredibly special. Former NXT Women's Champion, absolutely dominant. Former Tag Team Champion in NXT and in WWE. But being EO Sky, she's almost played second fiddle to Bailey and, of course, all that's happening with Dakota Kai as part of Damage Control. We finally got to see EO Sky. For those mainstream fans who were not familiar with her work in NXT or in other places, yeah, you got to see why she is called the genius of the sky. And again, so you had a match and a moment all fused together plus what was really on the line in this one is if Bianca Belair won this match she would not only become the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion but she would become the longest reigning women's champion in WWE in the modern era now that encompasses a lot of women that encompasses a good degree of time now why it can't be longest ever is because that belongs to the fabulous moolah something to the tune of 27 years which nobody's going to break that record and remember women's wrestling during that time was very different it wasn't featured on every card and it was a special attraction there really wasn't much of a women's division in those 27 years so fast forward It really says a lot that you can put up every great female wrestler who has come through WWE. The first that comes to mind is Charlotte Flair. All of the four horsewomen, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Sasha Banks, name them all. Whomever else you might want to name, Trish Stratus, Lita, no one has held the women's championship in the modern era longer than Bianca Belair, who is now over 400 days, a massive moment for her, congratulations, and again, it just speaks to the moments, matches, and thusly memories made here at Backlash. Let's take a little time to talk about Omos, because Omos looked the best he ever did, and while some want to thank Seth Rollins for that, I think we've got to give Omos some credit too. Omos looked incredible. Omos, he did all that he needed to do to show that he is a giant. He's not just some also ran. He's not just a big guy, but he really can get it done. And him lasting the way that he did against Seth Rollins was incredible. And so I mentioned it here before. I've mentioned it on Russell Extra and on WWT Live that Omos is going to be a big thing in this sport. It's why they've been putting him in the ring with some other folks. Now, you may not remember this, but Bianca Belair, before she became Bianca Belair, was having matches randomly with Becky Lynch, randomly with Charlotte Flair. She's had those matches, and they were to allow her to start to come into her own to where now those matches would obviously roll a lot differently. So I think that's what we're seeing with Omos, and come a couple of years from now, I think we're going to be having a different conversation about Omos. 
Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed, great match. I think Bobby Lashley needs to stay out of triple threat matches because this is what happens to him. He ends up doing the work and then he ends up losing because at the last minute Theory or somebody else will take advantage of that. He might want to remember that going into his triple threat match this Friday on SmackDown, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Now we start talking about again matches and moments that again came into fruition with Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. The moment in this case was more important than the match where she was cheered so well coming into it and seeing her pride in being from Puerto Rico and having roots in Puerto Rico. She had the Puerto Rican flag. She wept uncontrollably before the match started. Like everybody loved it. And her putting up a great fight against Rhea, she was still cheered when the match was over, given a standing ovation, a hero's welcome, or should we say a heroine's welcome. Either way, it was more about the moment for this one than it was the match, and I hope people remember that. I'm going to address Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest a little bit later, but let me go to the Bloodline versus Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Matt Riddle. So when I talk about on this card why it wasn't perfect, it's because the card should have closed with Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. But because it didn't, it meant that the Bloodline match kind of felt almost forgotten. With that said, there were some important things that happened in this that actually rejuvenated the Bloodline storyline to me. And that really all dealt with the power of Jey Uso and his brother Solo Sokoa. Solo, you know, from the backstage interview saying, hey, do your part and I'm going to do mine and that type of thing to, you know, getting in the ring, aggressively tagging each other. We're starting to see this interesting dynamic between big brother and little brother, which is different than big cousin, younger cousin. It's a much different dynamic. And again, it's that space that we can relate to. And I think it's going to get interesting, of course, with the tribal chief returning this Friday on SmackDown. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, I believe, which was the second of the two main events, should have gone on before the last match. I think it was a significant match, a big win, an innovative win for Cody. Brock getting busted open was crazy. We rarely see that kind of blood in WWE. It was an aggressive match. It was a well-told story. And as we learned Monday night, the story is not over. So all this talk of finishing the story... Not quite yet. Now that takes me to the, what I believe was the true main event, Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, another space that was filled with matches and moments. The match itself, amazing from start to finish. And you have to remind yourself that Bad Bunny is not a regular WWE employee. He is not a trained wrestler. He's a celebrity. He's the most streamed recording artist in the world right now. I keep saying this, but this is the equivalent of Michael Jackson in the 80s getting into a wrestling ring. We never would have imagined it, nor would we have imagined that he would be as good as Bad Bunny has been. To be able to last in there with Damian Priest, oh God, that was amazing. So yeah, from the start of this thing, when with the entrance, which let me just say this, Bad Bunny doing what many are calling a deep cut. Bad Bunny went to a single that dropped in 2017 and the people went in. I mean, went in like it came out yesterday. And 
It was just everything. But on top of it being everything, it's the production elements as well, where WWE didn't just choose to use a cameraman. They used a drone. And they used a drone to not just go behind Bad Bunny in his entrance, but then to fly out across that massive sea of humanity. Oh, it was perfect. And you'd be hard pressed to find any other sport or any other promotion to have an entrance like that. I know everybody loved the Chris Jericho sing-along, but It wasn't like this. We love the sing-along with Seth Rollins, but it's nothing like this. Bad Bunny, he set the bar and may have given us the greatest entrance of all time. And that's not being a prisoner of the moment. It was incredible. And then you add in there the Judgment Day, the LWO, the return of Carlito, the return of Savio Vega. It was just perfect. It was just perfect. The only issue is that's how the show should have ended, right? That's the issue. But we still have the moment. We have the match. And we keep going back and watching it over and over because it was incredible. Backlash was an absolute hit. From there, we've got to go into things revolving around the World Heavyweight Championship. We'll talk about another tournament happening in NXT and AEW. All of that is coming when we come back. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How do we get on Sons of Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here forward a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, 
and there is a U, there will always be an S-H-W. Wrestling fans, join us Friday, May 12th for our huge milestone event, SHW 50, live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. The following contest is set for one fall. What an insanely unpredictable night here. Doors open at 7 p.m., bell time at 8 p.m. Tickets start at just $15, and as always, kids 10 and under are free. Our new matchmaker, Jake the Snake Roberts, has another great card lined up. SHW's 50th show will be a special night, so invite all your friends and let's pack the action building for another great night of Southern Honor Wrestling. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the mount, the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby. So for those who are able to make it, you just heard us talk about this. It is SHW 50 happening this Friday. It's a really, really special moment. The 50th show for Southern Honor Wrestling, a promotion that began in October of 2018. I've been there. I believe this will be my 35th show, if my memory serves me correctly. And it is a massive honor to be a part of SHW. And I hope you guys are able to join us this Friday in the Atlanta. Atlanta area for what I think should be an absolutely special moment. Again, we're talking moments and matches. That's what Backlash gave us. It's what SHW 50 will give us. And that's happening again this Friday night outside of Atlanta in Canton, Georgia. Now then, we're going to come back to the WWE in a bit, but we have to talk a bit about AEW. AEW's massive success last week, where the pre-sale for their London show was at 45000 When it went on sale, they did 60000 last Friday. That's an insane number, over $7 million at the gate already. Still selling tickets. It's just nuts to see what's happening with AEW, particularly in London. And so I know a lot of people were concerned, like, did AEW overshoot? Are they crazy for getting in Wembley Stadium? They've never done this before. Well, they proved a lot of people wrong. Just like All In proved a lot of people wrong in terms of being a 10,000 seat venue and them filling it up as an independent show. Here it is. AEW has done it. Again, without a card announced, we don't have a single person lined up for the show that we're aware of. So shout out to AEW. It is worth giving them their flowers because they did something very, very significant. And you'd be hard pressed to find an organization outside of WWE who can do those kinds of numbers internationally. That's a big Deal. So shout out to AEW. Let's move back to WWE because we have the fallout or dare I say the backlash from backlash, which consists of this new World Heavyweight Championship tournament, which kicked off on Monday Night Raw. Now, it was announced at the press conference at Backlash how this tournament would go. It would feature 12 men, 
Six from Raw, six from SmackDown. On Raw, there would be two triple threat matches, and the winners of those matches would face off against each other, and that winner will go on to Night of Champions to represent Raw. The same thing will happen on SmackDown, and you'll end up with Raw versus SmackDown for the newly minted World Heavyweight Championship. So who's who in the zoo? Who are the 12 competitors? Well, from Monday Night Raw, we saw... Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and The Miz. Those were your representatives. It came down to Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor as Cody Rhodes was taken out by Brock Lesnar, which is not a surprise at all. And Seth Rollins will represent Monday Night Raw in the battle for the World Heavyweight Championship in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. On the SmackDown side, we've got two triple threat matches that are happening this Friday. Friday, and one of those matches is AJ Styles versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio. The other triple threat match sees Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory versus Sheamus. The winner of those two matches will battle at the end of SmackDown, and that winner will be headed to Saudi Arabia to take on Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Who's going to represent SmackDown is the big question, and I think there are obviously a few answers to that. I don't think it's going to be Austin Theory, though there are some folks who believe it will. I believe it will be Bobby Lashley or AJ Styles. Now, there are some who are saying Edge could be the guy. I mean, there's some element to it that could make sense to some in terms of, you know, people finishing their story. We know Edge is on his last run. Could his last run involve becoming a world champion? Maybe, maybe not. I think Rey Mysterio in this is a little weird only because he is the most fighting Hall of Famer we've ever seen. He's not taking a break. He's not had any time off. He's nowhere close to retiring. And now he's in for a world championship opportunity. All of this gets very interesting. I think, again, AJ Styles or Bobby Lashley ends up taking on Seth Rollins. Both of them would have an incredible match. And either of those three men, I think, would make a great world heavyweight champion now i don't know the answer to this i don't know how they will differentiate in the history books this world heavyweight championships lineage from the previous world heavyweight championships lineage considering that they all have the same name but that's not my problem to solve right who do you think will end up taking on seth rollins in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia at Night of Champions for the newly minted WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Let us know in the comments. Last but not least, NXT is gearing up for their big weekend. Of course, they will follow Night of Champions with their premium live event on Sunday, May the 28th. That is NXT Battleground. It will be headlined by a rematch from Stand and Deliver as Carmelo Hayes will defend the championship against an evil Braun Bray. And this Braun Breaker is putting in work, no doubt about it. But perhaps the big news coming out of NXT is based on last week's WWE draft where Indy Hartwell was the NXT Women's Champion and she was drafted over to Raw. She has relinquished the championship. An eight-woman tournament has begun and we saw two of the first round matches happen last night. In those matches, Tiffany Stratton defeated Gigi Dolan. We also saw Lyra Valkyria defeat Kiana James. And so the tournament will continue on over the coming weeks with the finals happening at NXT Battleground. Now, 
I'll tell you what's interesting to me, and I'll keep it brief because I've actually shot some content that will be airing about this very soon, but it's interesting to see kind of the hot potato that has been the NXT Women's Championship over the last few months since the departure of Mandy Rose. I think it'll be interesting to see who ends up walking out of NXT as the new Women's Champion and what this will mean for the division. If they'll have a lengthy reign, we'll see. I certainly think that the title is in need of that, given the short stature of the reign of Roxanne Perez. I don't know if this will make her a two-time champion. Who knows what will happen? But we'll certainly be watching for all of that in the coming days. All right, guys, that's a look at what we've got for you today. There's still a lot of great, great things going on this week. Be on the lookout because we will have more content dropping this week, which I hope you guys have been enjoying. We'll be gearing up for AEW Dynamite. We haven't talked a whole lot about All Access, but I believe it's season finale is happening tonight, so we'll be checking that out. Also, some great things are happening with Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. We haven't even gotten into the debut of Trinity. Maybe now is a great time to talk about Trinity trinity in impact have you watched impact now because of trinity i think it's exciting to see we do know that she has an open contract set up for under siege which means she could take on almost anyone from that roster and considering she hasn't touched with many of them then it'll likely be a first time ever match for trinity happening at the next pay-per-view for impact wrestling she's already made a tremendous impact on the brand with her video having over 225,000 views in comparison to most of the other impact videos on their channel which hits around 40 to 50 to 60,000 views per se so she's definitely made a strong impact and we're excited to see what's happening with trinity All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. Until then, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP, John Murray. I'm Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction.